Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Afternoon. Afternoon. What's the time? Clocks have gone back. Oh yeah, it's three o'clock now. Yeah, well, it's so proper it's, time. It's just dark all the time now. Yeah, looking forward to that. Not. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Sunday afternoon. The um, the afternoon after the night before. Yeah. Uh, fresh from the O2. Yep. Uh, reasonable night. How would you? How would you? How would you, starting off? How would you give that night of boxing out of ten? I think the main event pulled up to about an eight, but the rest of the fights weren't very memorable. Um, to be honest. Um. I mean, you know, I guess we'll go into the individual fight, but Jajora had an awful lot of support, and yeah. I guess a lot of people were there to see him, really, because mm. he kind of appeals to the to the casual fan. But mm. his fight ended up being farcical through no fault of his own. Yeah. Um, the Selby fight was pretty much routine after about round five. So, yeah, it was, wasn't an amazing night, but I think everyone will just remember the main event, and that's probably one of the fights of the year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It probably was one of the fight. The last time we was in this room together was after another fight of the year contender was Spence and Porter. Yeah, uh, yeah. We're now here again after what was last night. Uh, what was it? Josh Taylor against Regis Proge for the WBA, IBF, and Ring Magazine. Yeah. Um, light welterweight titles or super lightweight junior welter, whatever you want to call it. Um, good fight, close. Yeah. But as always. The story is the scorecards. Well, there's one, one in particular, really, that was just fucking dreadful. Yeah. Um, I mean, I would, I mean, as I always say now, I wasn't really scoring the fight at all, but I thought maybe Program did enough to win it closely, but, um, you know, um, the 117-112 really got on my nerves, and then it emerged that three of the four judges gave it to Taylor. Um, now I've had time to sleep on it, probably... 
I mean, I can't really complain that that, that he won. I fucking hate him. <laughs> <laughs> Full disclosure. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but um, no, he's an amazing fighter. Um, obviously, now you're getting the comparisons of Ken Buchanan, who is probably regarded as the best Scottish fighter of all time. Yeah. Um, Josh Taylor was very, you know, had a lot of humility saying, you know, I'm, I'll, I'll never be him, but, yeah. you know, I just I want to aim to just be, you know, the best that he can be, you know, that, that whole army speech type thing. Um, yeah. But no, um, it's brilliant, you know, um, you know, I heard um, earlier on that they've been for a lot this year, so it's nice for him to cap it off with that win. Yeah, yeah, I think I think he's kind of toned toned himself down a little bit since the O'Hara Davies fight, where I fought. Uh, pre-fight, he acted like a bit of an idiot. Really, he was trying to trying to make uh, O'Hara Davies dance for him in a way, kind yeah. of thing. Trying to make him do his shtick like he works for him. And then afterwards, with the memes and the tweets and the constant kind of barraging of O'Hara Davies, who's you know a bit of a dickhead himself. To be exactly. Honest. But you're the you won. You didn't need to be like that. You won the fight. Um, I, I think anything worse than a bad loser is a bad winner. You know, if you've lost, you've got reason to be a bit of an idiot. But yeah. when you've won, there's no real need for it. Um, but yeah, he does seem to have toned a lot of that kind of stuff down, which is good. But yeah, in terms of um, his, in terms of the scorecards, I was sat there and just scoring it in my head because uh, we had no Wi-Fi, so I couldn't tweet, I couldn't do anything, I couldn't, couldn't get no signal. So I was going to use the scoring app, but I couldn't use the scoring app. So I just did it in my head and had it one fifteen, one thirteen to pro gray, seven rounds to five. Um, yeah, I thought, I thought he was. He looked like the more comfortable. Yeah. I thought like he looked comfortable throughout the fight, other than two or three rounds where he looked bothered. But um, you know, round round twelve, Proge was literally chasing him around the ring. He hurt him in round twelve. So um, yeah, I thought Proge won narrowly, but seven five to Josh Taylor. I wouldn't have argued with that. Yeah, there were some close rounds in there. You know, there was a there was a, at least you know two or three that were really really close and really hard to score. Um, but you know, seven five to Josh Taylor, I wouldn't have minded at all. Which one of the judges had? Yeah. Uh, one of the judges had it one fourteen all, but one seventeen one twelve, which equates to nine rounds to two. Uh, no, that's eight rounds to three and one even. Um, which is just mental. It's just yeah. mental. Like I don't understand how you can only give Proge three rounds, or how you can even give Josh Taylor eight rounds. I just did that. Just didn't. I didn't see that. It, it, it made a bit of a mockery of it, really. But yeah. um, I think the the narrative we can kind of look at now is that a lot of um, big pay per view fighters from the UK have retired in um, in Bellew, in Groves, in James DeGale. Mm. So look at the next generation to come through, and I guess talk just a little bit at the forefront of that. Um, now, saying before we record, it's very unclear what the status is. Is Barry McGregor Josh Taylor's manager and promoter? I believe he is, yeah. Can you do that? Under the you can't Ali in Act. America. We don't have the Ali Act over okay. here. That's an American law. So um, you can do it over here. Uh, so you shouldn't because I think there's a conflict of interest there really. And, yeah. But I think Barry McGuigan is his manager and his promoter unless I've got some, unless I'm missing something. Um, but you think at some point Josh Taylor is going to want to, you know, now you're looking at him. He's a unified junior worldweight champion. He's one of our pound for pound best in Great Britain. Yes, he doesn't want to box on Channel Five anymore. No, it doesn't. You know, he's, he's had a taste now. He's had a taste of um, the O2. Um, he brought over loads of fans. Loads of people in there are rooting for him. Um, he must have a taste. I think. 
Um, and I guess it'll probably be a case of McGuigan going into bed with Eddie Earn mm. and getting something sorted out. I mean, he talked about fighting Lewis Ritson. Um, I mean, I guess with all that's available to him, it's not the fight that we'd all want to see, but no. St. James's Park is, a, you know, be a massive occasion mm. and it wouldn't be that far for his people to travel. Yeah, that's it. Maybe it's just uh, if Ritson, you know, because he just won a, a WBA Intercontinental belt, so maybe he could be one of his mandatories at some point. So you could see why that fight might happen, but... Who wants to see that, really? You know, Lewis yeah. Richardson is a British level, good British level fighter. He's just, you know, had a good, good result against Robbie Davies Jr. Why, why, why would? What does Josh Taylor get from it? Because he'd, he'd smash him up, wouldn't he? He just get his fans, doesn't it? He'd get he'd his smash- fans and he'd get the match room. That's what I was looking at it for as well. Yeah. Um, I saw Jack Catterall's name mentioned. Obviously, Catterall's got no kind of. Or no kind of fan base to speak of, but he was an up and coming fighter, and um, he talked about unifying against Ramirez, who just beat Morris. Marie Sucker. I could I say blocker? Fuck me. <laughs> <Sounds> <laughs> so um, yeah, so he beat him, so that'd be a good fight. But then I think you mentioned last night uh, at the O2 that he's likely to go to likely to fight um, Terence Crawford at one four seven. So yeah, don't know what that does. Yeah, that's it. It's and I think Jack Catrell is probably close to being a mandatory contender for Ramirez's belt. He's got the WBO belt. Yeah. Uh, he's quite close. I think, if he, I think he actually already is the mandatory for um, Jose Ramirez. So I can't see why. Yeah, I think he'd probably look to do that, really. Yeah. Um, which, yeah, so I don't know if Ramirez would maybe vacate to fight Crawford, because you'd think he'd fight Crawford, really, at some point. He's fighting the mean machine or whatever his name is. They they don't want to say his real name, Top Rank, because it's really really long. They just call him the mean machine. Oh, Crawford's fighting him. Yeah, Crawford's, yeah, the Lithuanian. Yeah, the Lithuanian <laughs> guy. Yeah, the Lithuanian guy. And they're just referring to him as mean machine because his name's so long. They're just yeah. trying to do another way of of kind of plugging him. But after Crawford fights him, he's got no one really. So you could see him fighting Ramirez after that. Um, so yeah, no, you know, good main event. What about Progre next? What do you think? What do you think Progre does? Do you think he moves up because he was quite tight at the weight, wasn't he? Yeah, he fought an amateur at one five two. Wow, amateur is a bit surprising. So maybe he does move up, but it's a real, it's a really mad division to want to go into. I mean, um, if he signs with Heyman, he gets a pick of those fighters to to face, I suppose. Mm. Um, I'm not sure if he beats any of them. Mm. Um, I mean. I mean, I don't know. I mean, you talk about Josh Taylor moves up. Maybe he can upset the upper cart a little bit, but Progre, I'm not sure. It's, it's difficult to say. Yeah, I'd like to see Progre stay at 140, really. There's rumours of um, Broner. Because what else? What else? Yes, somewhere. yes. Um, yes. I mean, that's a bit of a dead fight, but it'd be entertaining. Yeah, yeah. You think, yeah, that I don't understand that one, really. In what world has Adrian Broner earned a shot at? Josh Taylor, like no, no, for sorry for for Progre. Oh, for Progre, I heard I was someone mentioned it to me last night. Oh, about, I must have got the wrong way around. I must have got my wires crossed again. So. Yeah, no, we were talking about what was next for it Taylor. It would get him. It would get him done in America. That makes sense because they get him done in America, get yeah. an American audience, and mm. um, te- Bruno would sell the fights. So I get that. Mm. I mean, on paper, it'd be shit. Yeah, but yeah. Um, in terms of what it could do for his American um, fan base, yeah. Could do, could do wonders. He is good for that, Brona. He's yeah. not, not, not a world class fighter really anymore, is he? But no. he's, he will. People pay attention. Yeah, you know, they pay attention when he fights. People pay attention because, of his antics. Exactly you know, that. Same as kind of Paulie Malignaggi in his heyday. You know, yeah. his antics, his antics kind of sell the fight instead of him being a legit test. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. I, you know, yeah, I'd like to see Progress stay at one forty. 
I think if Taylor moves up, he can get belts again. If Ramirez moves up, he get, there's shots at belts there. So I think if he's, I'd like to see him stick around really at 140 um, and see what he can do there because I think he'd be too small for Walter. Yeah, I think he came across quite well. Though. I think the UK fans kind of warmed to him. And, I mean, the you know, two <clears throat> was very partisan. So he wasn't getting many chairs there. But mm. I think the UK talked to him. I mean, he was over here for a few weeks, did all the, did all the press junkets and that. And, um, yeah. Came across really well after the fight. He accepted the defeat with grace. Yeah, I suspect when he sees a fight, he might have a different point of view. Yeah, but um, he accepted it with grace. He could have just said, you know, it was he got shafted, but you know, he said the better men won, and that's nice to see. Yeah, one of the more um, when we when we got there, we got there and we sat down and we started talking, and somebody <laughs> turned around, didn't they? AT? <laughs> somebody turned around and said. You guys blow the belt. <laughs> that was so bizarre. That was so, that was so bizarre because because I said something and I turned it off. Oh God, have I said something wrong here? Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. <laughs> in boxing, when you when you sit at a boxing match yeah. and you're in the orders and you hear all kinds of bad opinions, I thought, oh, fuck, have I said something really yeah, yeah, I shouldn't yeah. have said? Yeah. And he said, "Are you from below?" I was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, we are, we are." Uh, <laughs> that was funny. That was funny. He kept us entertained. He did keep us entertained, and he knew his stuff. To his name was James Tat. I forgot his last name. James Tapner. Thank you. But he, he predicted, um, he said, if, if Trezor wins in round four by knockout, then you've got to give me a shout out. So. Yeah, so there you go. There's your shout out, James. Yeah, and he did. He kept us entertained. And he, he knew his stuff. He knew his stuff. He, he wasn't just there on the on the, on the the nose bag. He was... He was <laughs> he, he <laughs> Probably knew, the only one that wasn't there. <laughs> he, knew, he knew his stuff. Yeah, no, it was a, it was an eventful evening, wasn't it? Um, that was. Um, so the first fight we saw was a Coley. Yes, it was. Yeah, that was um, when we got there. We missed not. We missed Conor Ben. Didn't yeah, we, we did. Um, now I didn't know he was of Shane McGregor until last night, but that's yes. his second fight under him. Yes, um, he wasn't as grabby. No, and that's kind of um, become his legacy since the Askin fight and the Chamberlain fights. So I think yeah. he's trying to rebuild himself in the British public's eyes because he's done a good run before. Then he'd knocked out Luke Watkins and a few other good wins. I think now he's just trying to like you know keep his head down and keep the knockouts coming. Yeah, he didn't get the best reception last night. I didn't think. No, I just... Coley. after he won, like he's won the European title, you're an undefeated guy, and he got a few boos. And I thought he's just stopped the undefeated European champion. What's your problem, kind of thing? It was just a really kind of odd, odd atmosphere when he was in the ring. And it always does seem to be. And I think, like you said, you know, the fights with Askin and um, Chamberlain, you know, it, you know, they've had a lot of hype around them, and that he's not really delivered. But last night, yeah, I agree with you. I thought he looked a lot better. Yeah, there was a little bit of clinching in there, but that's boxing. It happens. Yeah. Um, and the guy the guy came to fight. He did. Yeah. He was the champion. He was always going to. But he was very, like, very European style. Earmuffs. Mm. Yeah. You know, high guard and was just trying to work inside. And Akoli just needs a little bit of work on his feet, I think, just to get, to step off. Just step off and move around the ring and, and reset yourself and, and keep it long, you know. And I think... That's probably what McGuigan's working on, and I think no rush for him in terms of a world title. You know, they're well, talking no. about him with a world title. I don't, see, I don't think there's a rush for him. No, not in that division anyway. No, no, because if you look at who the champions are, the IBF champion is Dortikos, the WBC champion is Breedis. They're about to throw the WBO into that fight as well. The only belt you could really look at for him is the WBA, which has just been picked up by somebody that I've never heard of before. So I think that's probably the route he's going to go because he's got one of those. WBA Continental belts, yeah. So he'll probably go that route, and but no rush for him, no rush for him at all. I mean, he's gone through the proper route. I think it's British, European, Commonwealth. He's got, yeah. got loads of belts under him, so um, they can't really discredit him for that. But yeah, I just think he's got a lot of rebuilding to do after the the two stinkers, yeah, high profile ones as well. 
Yeah, yeah, that's it. And you know, if he, all he's got to do now is just do the eliminators now. Like you yeah. said, the traditional kind of route. British Commonwealth, European, now to go have a couple of eliminators. That more time with Shane McGuigan, more work, and then and then go for the world title after that at some point. Yeah. Um Chisora. Oh, so fucking annoyed it's by that. But then Oh Chisora and Price, whatever. It's one of the things where I just had an idea of what I thought might happen, and then after the fight, I thought that's quite stupid, really, because he came in late notice, he didn't have a camp or anything. No. Um, and it's kind of last chance saloon for him, because before he lost to Tony Thompson, he was looked on as a legit opponent for, for Vlad Klitschko. Yeah. Then those two defeats happened, then Tepper happened, and um, I really thought he might do something last night, because I love, as much as I love Chazor, it's been in my face, need someone to get rid of him. Yeah. And, um... Now they're talking about Chisora with Usyk. Yeah. <laughs> Which I don't think Usyk would want. No. I think the only time, the only reason that happens is if this is for a vacant world title. Which is quite possible if, you know, you've obviously got Joshua and Andy Ruiz coming up in December. And after that, Eddie Hearn said it the other week that whoever wins that will have two mandatories to fulfil straight away. So Pulev or Usyk. And they've basically got a pick or belt to, to relinquish. And they'll most let them if they're sensible, they'll relinquish the WBO. Usyk will fight for that, yeah. and they'll take the Pulev mandatory, which means Derek Chisora, because again, he's one of those won one of those silly WBO belts last night, intercontinental belts last night. He's probably going to be in contention to fight for a vacant title. So it could be Usyk against Derek Chisora yeah. in twenty twenty. Amazing, it's fucking mental. I mean, I was I got to respect Chisora because he could have just not taken it seriously, but I think he thought, you know, you're in my way. I'm going to get you out of here. And the point of the fight where he looks a bit worn out, like he'd really punched himself out. Yeah. And Price nailed him with a good uppercut at the yeah. end of the third. Yeah. That, you know, could have sent him. But, um, no, I think Chisora is just now like, I don't know if it's like kind of rebirth. He got rid of Don Charles, didn't he? Yeah. Um, and he's just got rid of Dave Caldwell. So, I don't know, I guess uh, yeah. David, David Hayes being a bit shrewd in that. Yeah. Chisora's money. Yeah. The thing was the O2 last night. His merch was everywhere. Yes, it was. It was everywhere. There's one little one little T-shirt for for a program, one cap for program. Everything else was um. Derek Chisora. Yeah, I keep calling. Yeah. I, I keep saying Ruguru, but it's program. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's like his kind of branding, isn't it? Yeah, it's like kind of like program's branding. Yeah. Um, yeah, his merch was everywhere, so you could see. That's of that's clearly a David Hay effect. That's the sort of thing that David Hay was great at. Haymaker t-shirts, haymaker everything, yeah. hoodies, the lot. And he's done the same thing. War Chisora, stick it on a cap, stick it on a t-shirt. Looks like the um, Marvin Hagler, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, war and yeah. seek and destroy. Because um, you threw, threw the cap into the crowd after, so it's all like yeah, it's given it's all like massive kind of promotional push yeah. he's gone through, and um, he's a name. And I guess in the absence of Dillian White. You know, Chisora's there and he might get a tar shot before Julian White. That's Can you imagine it. that? Yeah, you're right. You are right. It's a good point. That is a good point. He could get the shot. He could get the shot before Dylan does because Dylan probably won't box until this drug business is kind of sorted out, really. He's kind of hung in the air like a bad fart, isn't it? Yeah, it is, isn't it? It's the sort of thing, it's like you've either, you've either failed the test or you've not failed the test, but I guess there's a lot of other stuff they've got to take into consideration before they can come up with a decision with that one, really. But yeah, Chisora Nusik, it could be next. It could it could be, you know, that seems to be the way Hay, because Hay was saying afterwards, he didn't mention Joseph Parker. Yeah. Chisora mentioned Joseph Parker. Yeah. David Hay didn't mention him at all. He mentioned Usyk. 
He uh, he's looking, and I think that's smart. I think that's smart management. It's like <laughs> if he gets smashed up by Usyk, he got smashed up by Usyk. Yeah. But if he loses to Parker, he is actually finished. Yeah, that's his tenth loss. Like, and it's against a guy Joseph Parker who's okay, but he's around his level, like a fringe contender. Yes, but if he loses to him, then he he's finished. But Usyk, you've lost to a pound for pound top five, best arguably the best cruiserweight of all time. Yeah. It's no big deal. Like you can rebound from that. I don't think he could rebound from Parker. So I think that's kind of smart on Hayes' part. And it'd probably be in America, and he'd get paid loads of money for it. It'd be on design. So it totally makes sense to go for Usyk next. I totally understand that. Yeah, I don't know what Price does next. I guess it just continues. He'll just keep plodding along, won't he? Yeah. Like, um, I mean, it, that's, that's the second pound for pound thing is on, isn't it? Was Povetkin on an undercard of something big? Yeah, 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 it so. was. Yeah, there was on a Joshua undercard, yeah. So, Dave Allen was on a pay-per-view. He's always on pay-per-view, Price. Yeah, so um, probably doing all that financially, but I just, I, <laughs> I don't know what to say anymore. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, he went in there. I don't think he went in there to win. Yeah. He thought he'd just have one shot and that would be it to get rid of Chisora, but Chisora is a bit more, a bit more savvy than that. Yeah. I think once upon a time, Chisora would have, you know, late late substitute, all of that. Once upon a time, he would have not taken it seriously. Yeah. He would have just plodded along or maybe stopped him late or won a decision. It would have been an absolute stinker. Like, Chisora was always a kind of guy, boxed to lever his opponent, just there. But now he is different now. He is different, even without a proper experienced coach. He is different, and he's just... Like you said, he's in the way. I'm getting you out of the way. And Price, as soon as as soon as you start to put it on him a bit, he just folds. He no. just he just folds. And I don't think there's anything you can do about that, especially at 36. I think he is. Yeah, about that. I mean, also, <clears throat> what we've said a number of times in the pod is um, is that a stage where what's the coach really going to do for him? Maybe just give him a game plan. But besides that, he knows he knows you know that he knows how a camp works by now. Yeah. So. That's it. It's yeah. not about getting in shape. You should be able to get himself in shape by now, thirty-five. Yeah. You know, you, you know the, what you've got to do in terms of training. It's just about how to implement a game plan and what to do in between rounds. We were talking about that before me and Flav about uh, Tyson Fury and Billy Joe Saunders being with Ben Davidson, you know, relative novice. Yeah. It's the same thing. It's not about the training. Yes, training is important, but it's about those things closer to the fight, around the actual contest itself, more than just the uh, more than just the training. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was that was a bit a bit of a letdown, really, wasn't it, Price? Yeah, it was. I mean, I guess uh, I guess Chisora's fans got got their pound of flesh. Yeah, which they probably wouldn't have got if he fought Parker. That would have been probably a twelve round stinker. So. Yeah, yeah. And um, Selby and Burns, it was pretty much what everyone expected, really, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Um, I mean, Burns was kind of had a bit of support because um, there's a lot of Scottish people in the crowd. Yeah, I mean, he seemed sharp. I don't think he seemed any. I don't think he seemed sluggish or no. past it. I just feel that Selby's just just a better boxer than him. Yep. But um, the landscape at one thirty-five was a bit muddied because Lomachenko's got most of the belts hostage. Yeah. And I think with Robert Easter Jr. winning, he's got. Is it Easter or Commie's got another belt? Commie. Oh yeah. So it will likely fight Commie. Lomachenko probably fight Commie at some point. Yeah. Then it'll be undisputed. So. I don't know what Lee Selby does because he needs fighting some. Maybe he fights Luke Campbell. Yeah, I think he just. So Comey's fighting Tiafimo Lopez. On oh the shit! Un... Yeah, fourteenth, isn't it? Yes, on the undercard of Crawford. Yeah, fourteenth of December. Yeah. 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 So one of those two is going to fight Lomachenko. Yes. But after that, 
that's where the opportunities will come for Selby because Lomachenko will likely move back down yeah. to Super Fever and start looking at Burchell and all those guys. So it's just for Selby, it's just kind of ticking over, isn't it? It's just kind of ticking over in good matchups, but nothing too dangerous kind of thing. I think Luke Campbell's probably going to fight your man, you know, Devin Haney. Yeah, I think De- De- Haney's called him out. Um, well, he's I- pretty, quite, quite highly ranked with the WBC Campbell, so. I don't You'd think it would happen. I'm not sure what Selby does at 135. He's got no real pop. No. I don't know if he'll keep better fighters off him than Burns. Yeah. I mean, he obviously wouldn't beat Lomachenko, so... No. no. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I've got a lot of time for Lee Selby. You know, the big L walk-on music has yeah. always got yeah. best in the hearts for yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. But, um, no, I mean, there are points at the fight when he's getting tagged quite a, quite a bit, you know. I mean, it's kind of... Um, I don't know if he thought it was going to be too easy for him. Yeah. He just didn't take it seriously and... Um, yeah, no, I don't know. I, I, I just think I think Selby is, I think Selby's peaked now. I think he yeah. peaked when he won the title. Yeah, against Gradovich. Yeah, that was probably the best night he'll ever box, and you know he's gone up in weight, and it was the right thing to do. He left it far too late though to go go up in weight. And he's had a lot of hard fights, much harder than a, you know, a guy of his talent than they needed to be. But I think I just I think. Ricky Burns is about his level, really. I don't, yeah. you know, I think at this weight, yeah, like you said, he's not going to hurt anyone. You could see he landed some nice shots on Ricky Burns last night to the body and to the head, some really slick looking shots. And he didn't, Ricky Burns didn't blink. And yeah. Ricky Burns has had a long career. Yes. He's got, he's got seven, eight losses. So he's had a long career. Never been KO'd though. So no, nice. no. And he's, yeah, you know, I don't, you know, Crawford didn't even knock him out. Yeah. Though. It's, uh, so, you know, it's I just think Selby he is what he is. He just I think I just like to see him just tick over and get himself a world title fight. He won't win it. Mm. Um and then that that'll be that for him. Well that's really. his dream is to be a title winner about two weights. I don't think I think you mentioned that Kazagi didn't do it. Kazagi only had the ring belt, not the not a proper I don't know if that's true. But that's that was a reach. Said. That was a bit of a yeah. reach. I heard that. It was his manager that said that, wasn't it? Uh, Chris Chris Sanagar. It might have been him. Oh, yeah. One yeah, of it said, yeah. oh, we had the... We had the oh, it might have been Lee Selby, yeah, actually. It was that was a bit of a reach, really. Yeah. Joe Kazagi's a two-weight lineal world champion. Like, you can have a sanctioning body belt. And, yeah, maybe he didn't have a sanctioning body belt. But he gives a shit, really. It's just... But, yeah, I get it. I get why he said it. It's... Some he needs to have a target, doesn't he, Selby? Yeah. And if he has to kind of crowbar that in to be to, for him to be motivated, then fair enough. Yeah, yeah. absolutely, absolutely fair enough. I saw. Um, I don't know if you saw on Twitter this morning uh, somebody talking about the O2 and the experience of going to watch boxing at the O2. No, I missed that. And somebody said. He went there with his dad, and his dad had his walking stick, and he said he was just watching people slipping over in their own vomit, <laughs> and that some guy was like kicking his dad's walking stick because he was going too slow for him. And then there was some responses on there. One of the responses was, "I always find boxing in the UK to be toxic, like the atmosphere to be toxic." I and this person said, uh, "I much prefer watching it in America." Um, I was just wondering what you thought of that, that kind of... I mean, thing. I've never watched it in America, so I can't compare. Yeah. But I can kind of see where they're coming from. It's a bit raucous, that boxing. Yeah. But I don't think you can say it. I think toxic is a bit of a reach. Um, it might be toxic if Progray got a decision. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but no, I mean... It would be toxic for me and you walking out of our T-shirts and hats <laughs> on. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> our Progray hats on. And, and the masks as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, you've got... You had the McNesson-Byfield 
um, yeah, fights and in, yeah. in the crowd. Um, yeah. the a couple of Tyson Fury's fights back in the day had fights in the crowd. Yeah. But, I don't know, because we're both primarily football fans. Yeah. And we're used to We're used to that. Yeah. That's, that's what we're used to. We're used to um, the partisanship. And in boxing, there's no segregation. So, yeah. you all sat side by side. Yeah. I wouldn't and say it was going on behind us, wasn't it? There were Selby shouts and then yeah, Burns yeah. Shout, shouts. Like... But it's all, it's all good natured. Yeah. It's, it's all good natured. Just think um, there are certain fights that would be a massive powder keg. Yeah. that. Um, you're getting to a point now in 2019. I think like a Fury Joshua. Uh, that would probably get pretty naughty. Possibly. Possibly would. But then you got got um, at domestic level, there's some fighters who want to try and hang their hats on supporting a team. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know, if you support a team and, they, and then you face, then there's another guy who's from another rival yeah, team. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you're in, you, you, they're fighting each other, they're in the same arena, there's no segregation. It's not like yeah. in football where yeah. the, the away fans are penned in. Yeah. You all sat among each other. Yeah. It's so, like the Gary Cockeran, Johnny Garton fight. Johnny Garton's a Millwall guy. Yeah. Um, Gary Cockeran's from a travelling community. I think he's from North London. Yeah. Um, I think he might be Chelsea. I think, don't want don't to assume, I think he may be a Chelsea fan, but I, I might be wrong. Um, and that was really bad that was really bad I think you're right I think the football element kind of helps with that I understand at the O2 it is a little bit more I think it's a little bit different on matchroom shows the O2 I think in London perhaps it's different I wouldn't say England I'd say perhaps in London it's a little bit maybe because of the football element really you know there's all these fighters and they're all attached to teams and things like that Um, but Manchester is probably pretty similar Pretty similar. Yeah. I don't, we've been to Manchester a couple of times. It's quite similar. I, I don't think boxing's a family sport to take yeah. like an elderly person to. I agree. And yeah. If I'm taking my dad, you know, obviously he's, he wouldn't go to a boxing match anyway. But if I was taking my dad to a match and he was elderly, yeah, I'd really pick where I'm sitting carefully because yeah. there's some elements. I mean, where we sat was fairly reasonably civilized. There wasn't that yeah. much. Maybe they were in the gods, in the cheap seats where it might have been a bit more. Of a scummy element. I wouldn't say it's toxic though. No, I, I, I don't think that. I think it's just a. There's, there is something in the air, but I don't think it is a spillover. It's certainly not a matchroom anyway. No, matchroom. Their security is really, really good. Frank yeah. Warren shows or because this. I think it's a year to the day that Cheeseman fought Byfield. It came up from my members on social oh, media. Okay. And they didn't. That fight was meant to be the main event, but they put that fight early. Yeah. And that was very well policed because um, Cheeseman has. I don't, know if, I don't know if he supports for Millwall, yeah. but Millwall fans like him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Byfield is like South Reading. London. Yeah, Reading. But it's got, got a few, fair few, and that looked like it was going to kick off, but that was well policed. So, you know, sometimes it, I guess you just got to pick and choose your shows. There's some, there's certain people out there who, you know, you wouldn't want to, you wouldn't yeah. want to risk a fight like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I've never seen, other than the Copper Box show, yeah. you know, the Sammy McNess and the Senior Byfield, that was disgusting, but... Like last night, not at all. You saw a lot of ankles because yeah. there was loads of loads of loafers and you know, yeah, camel, camel jackets, camel jackets, and you know, loads of packet going around. But <laughs> it was fine. It was fine. I didn't see anyone slipping over in their own vomit. It did kick off on the platform on the train. Um, oh god, yeah. But we wouldn't see it. We just heard the tannoy yeah, didn't we, yeah. on the way back. But no, you don't. I've, I don't think it's that that bad. I think I think some people just like to be contrary. You know. Um, Contrary, yeah. I don't think that fight is even boxing related because on the no, way, it was the, packed, wasn't it? No, yeah. because um, on my way home, um, I got off the train and they're singing Swing Low, Sweet Chariot. So 
you've got the England rugby team have reached the final. Yeah. And you've got a bunch of Scottish fans who are happy that their men has yeah. <laughs> unified two belts at 140 Good and won the WBSS. So that's what you're going to get in London. London's a melting pot. Yeah, it is. You know, it's all going to be, it's all going to go on there. I mean, yeah. rugby is well supported in London and Josh Taylor was well supported because they came down in their yeah. numbers and and that was going to happen. But I wouldn't yeah. say, I wouldn't say over here. Some, some people love it over here. I think um, you look at the Taylor fight in particular. I mean, he looked, he, he could have he could have argued it was 3-0 down after three rounds. Mm. He could have argued that. And the fans kept singing his name and it kind of lifted him. Yeah, and you don't get that in the US. No, you don't. I've I've seen boxing in the US in New York, uh, just the one time, and in Vegas, and it's actually a bit dull. <laughs> it's <laughs> actually a little. Well, that's. Do you know what? When I saw I saw Mayweather in Vegas, and it was against Marcus Marcus Maidana. The Argentinian fans were brilliant. Yeah, they were brilliant. Like. Ole, 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 Chino, like yeah. all through the fight, they yeah. made a great noise. Yeah. But it was all in good spirit, like, and that's the happy medium you want, really. Yeah. Everyone in good spirit, everyone there to just watch boxing, but make plenty of noise in there. New York, Barclays Center, that was actually a bit dull. That was actually a bit dull, to be honest. It, it depends as well. I remember Adamek fought in Chicago a lot of the time. There's a massive yeah. Polish community there, yeah. and apparently that was a really his fights had a really good atmosphere. There's some parts of LA with Hispanic fighters. I don't know yeah. if that's even the right term, whether it be Mexican or Puerto Rican or yeah, yeah, yeah. in the Spanish Central America, and um. They get a good following as well, so I guess it depends. If you go to Vegas, it's not Vegas is quite vast. Yes. You know, you're not gonna get it's not gonna be partisan. Like somewhere like O two or the MEN's got like twenty circa twenty thousand people in there. So mm. you're more likely to see more fans singing. And as I said, it follows on from the football culture. Yeah, yeah. And the kind of the drinking culture we yeah. have over here as well. I think those they kinda of go hand in hand a lot of the time. But it was just an interesting tweet and just something I saw and I just wanted to just ask you about. Oh, it's, it's, it was yeah, it was something yeah, quite interesting. Um, what else? Was there, there was pretty much nothing else, really, was there? Um, not much night? else. We didn't see the Ben fight, but I no. presume he won. Yeah, he did one. Yeah, he won. He won, I think it was an early, about fourth round stoppage. Yeah. Um, um, Stephen Jamoy. Um, so, yeah. He's boxing at his level, isn't he? He's boxing people at his level. He wins. He looks good doing it. Eventually, he's really highly ranked. At some point, they've got to, you know, shit or... You know, Get off the pot. Yeah. Well, there's the rooms of him and Josh Kelly. Yeah, they don't want. I don't want that. I don't. I'm not a huge fan of Josh Kelly, but even I know Josh Kelly's miles above, you know, levels above him, really. But you know, at some point, you can't go calling each other out in IFL and giving it the big end. And at some point, they're going to go, "All right, here's the money. People want to see it now, so let's go," kind of thing. So yeah, maybe Josh Kelly. But Josh Kelly's fighting for the European title, isn't he? The Arvanesian. Yes. Go. He beat your man Kurt. What's his name? Kurt. Oh, the. Uh... Le- Leia Ranga. Yeah, Leia Ranga, the one who beat yeah. um, Below the Belt's favourite um, Skeets. Yeah, yeah. Still gutted about that. Yeah, I know, man. I know. I think Skeets pretty much done now, isn't he? Bless yeah, him. I don't think he's fighting anymore, but yeah, I like the Spanish guy. Yeah. Um, love to see him fight with him. I think he'd be a bit of a Kiko Martinez gatekeeper type yeah, thing. Yeah, just keeps yeah, coming yeah, over and yeah. over and over again. Just come over and just either get smashed up or smash up like an up and comer British welterweights or British like middleweights. Really. Do, do you remember when Kiko Martinez first fought over? Do you remember who he beat? Ah, <sighs> I mean, it was Frampton. He fought. Uh... No, go and tell me. He smashed someone up in the round called Dunn. I think it was Bernard Dunn. Right. 
in the round in Irish fella. Yes. And he was like very well supported. Yeah. And he smashed him up in about two minutes. Yeah. I might I might have it wrong, someone's gonna correct me, but I was fairly certain it was early yeah, yeah, yeah. and he'd done him over. And that's what that's what kept him coming back. Right. Because of that right. fight. I love that. I love that when fighters like aren't from here but they just come over here all yeah. the time. Yep. Like Jorge Linares. Yeah, he just exactly. comes over to smash up our lightweights. Like Barrera was a bit like that for a while. Yeah, he, he was in the, yeah. the mid nineties. Yeah, Johnny Tapia, yeah. he boxed over here as well. Yeah, I love that. I love it when fighters, you know, come over here. I think Sergio Martinez boxed over here once yeah, as well. He did, yeah. Man, I wish I'd have seen Sergio. Love Sergio. You've got to hoover these things up, man. You've got to do it, man. You've got to just do these things. you just got to do it like while you can. Because, um, I mean, a mate of ours was, a mate of mine, so was at the boxing last night with us because yeah. um, Flav wasn't able to make it. It was his first night and he actually, actually quite enjoyed it. Yeah. And a lot of people say, you know, oh, I'd love to go to the boxing. And just, just just do it, you know, just, um, yeah. just, take, just take a risk and go. I mean, obviously, if you're not a massive boxing fan, only the most expensive shows are going to come to your attention, but... Sometimes it's just worth it just to be in it, just to experience it. I mean, he would have experienced the uh, Josh Taylor fans and our partisan they are. Yeah. And um, yeah, I definitely recommend it to anyone. Absolutely. It's it's really, it's really you know, kicked off now in terms of boxing and the popularity of it. So the shows are more expensive. Remember, my very first show was um, Prize Fighter at Old Court. Old Court 2. So it's like the arena around the back. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I went to that. It was 50 quid ringside. <laughs> I was sat behind Barry Hearn wow. like, on TV all night. Um, and it was when my man Over McKenzie won prize, cruiserweight prize. I remember that. Yeah. And I was, was a Buster Drayton he beat or someone like yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he was, yeah. And so that was it. I was an Over McKenzie fan for life after that. Um, and bless him, he still follows me on Twitter to this day. And um, yeah, so, you know, you can get shows that are affordable. Yep. Your cool shows, Camden Centre shows. Um, or if you don't live in London, you know I'm sure there's plenty of shows up north or somewhere else that you can attend. Yeah, there's a bit of a there's a bit of a renaissance in the Midlands. So if you're from there, um, I think Walsall and Phillips around there have some good boxing nights. Um, in terms of London, I think Goodwin Boxing yeah. have a lot of nights at York Hall. Yeah. So if you follow them on probably Facebook, I'd say they've yeah. always they've always got a night going on. So yeah, give that a go. They used to do the season tickets. I don't think they do them anymore. Oh, yeah. I remember we was well on that as we well. Was, we, we, we should have just pulled the trigger, really, shouldn't yeah. we? Yeah. We should have pulled the trigger. In hindsight. We could have just bought two and then swapped them between ourselves, really. Never yeah. thought of that at the time. <laughs> oh, well. Never mind. Yeah, never mind. Um, Canelo next week. Quick prediction. Uh, Canelo wins because he's a home fighter. <laughs> yeah. What do you think your decision then? Yeah, we've got a decision. It's going to be one one really moody card. Yeah, I reckon. Um, yeah, one twenty, one oh four. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No knockdowns, it's just for the lulls. Just deductions for staring at him after the bell goes or something. Um, yeah, it's difficult to say because we don't know, we don't know what can what Kovalev's got left. Yeah, but I can't see a world in where Canelo loses a fight ever again. I'm I, I'm the same. The, the only thing I was I was just thinking about it before we, before we met um, earlier on. In the two Golovkin fights, Canelo-Golovkin fights, the success that Golovkin have had was based mostly off the jab, especially in the second fight. And that was why I thought maybe just nicked him the second fight, Golovkin. Um, Kovalev also has a really good jab. Yeah. And if he can get behind it and use it and find success with it, it could become very interesting. Yeah. But... Canelo has picked him for a reason. Yes. There's a reason he's picked Kovalev. He's looked at him and he's thought, I, I know how I can beat you. Um, 
and yeah, body shots. I imagine is is what he's gonna go for. I think better than short arms. Yeah, like the Rocky Fielding fight, um, the Danny Jacobs fight. He'll probably go for the body and try to bring the head down and get him out of there. Um, if he stops Kovalev, it's a big statement. That'd be massive. I mean, um, yeah, gone. Have had a pod since the Vosdick fight. Uh, me and Flav did one, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I don't think I don't think Canelo will fight any of the others. I'd be no. amazed if he did. There's no money in it. No. The only money person at 175 is Kovalev. Yeah. And that will likely be his last fight. Yeah. So what do you do? That's why he's taking it. Because it was relatively short notice after yeah. the yard fight. Yeah. You know, it was just under three months, I think. It yeah. was just under three months notice. Um, and it was a hard fight against Yard. It well, wasn't easy. a hard couple of rounds anyway. At yeah. least most of the fight was quite easy. But yeah, he had a hard couple of rounds. Um, nearly got stopped. Yeah. Um, and I think a couple of, you know, Canelo looked at that and thought, you nearly got stopped by a novice. Relative. Relative novice. Yeah. I'm going to get you out of there kind of thing. And I, I can see him stopping Kovalev. Wow, that's a big shot. Yeah, round, I'm going to say round 10. Yeah, I'm going to go for the stoppage, round 10. Um, and then he calls out Fury. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he called, called out Fury. <laughs> Could definitely see that. <laughs> you know, imagine that. <laughs> he says every week me and Flav will do a podcast and we spend ten minutes doing crazy matchmaking for Canelo. Um, yeah, so we'll see. We'll see what happens next week. I'm super looking forward to it because I just love Canelo fights. I just, I, I think it's the whole Cinco. De, I know it's not Cinco de Mayo, but it's the whole. He's taken the date for Mayweather. It's Vegas. It's the biggest star in the sport. Yeah. It's arguably the best fighter in the sport he is for me anyway. Um, and I just love seeing him fight. I'm just really, brilliant. I'm just really annoyed by the asterisk by his name now. But um, the no, he's, he is yeah. the best fighter in the world. Yeah, he is. He is. Lomachenko is, you know, an elite fighter as well. And when me and Flav, I'll ask you the same question actually. If your top five pound for pound are Canelo, Lomachenko, Usyk, Inoue, and uh, crap, who's the fifth one? Was it Crawford? Terence Crawford? What order do you put them in? In terms of achievement, it's got to be Canelo at number one. Mm-hmm. And um, be Canelo, Crawford, Usyk, Lomachenko, and Inoue. Inoue. Um, Lomachenko is not his fault. Um, Usyk had a WBSS, cleared the division out, yeah. and then beat, beat Bellew. Yeah. You know, he's the best cruiserweight of all time, arguably, at least yep. top two. Yeah. And Lomachenko can't say he's the best at any weight. Yeah. Um, he won the world title in his second or third third fight, third or fourth fight. No, wasn't third the, fight. He right. lost against Toledo in the second yeah, he fight. Did. Yeah, you're right. So he fought Gary Russell Jr. Yeah, in yeah. four or five fights. So yeah. that's an amazing achievement. Yeah. But he's gone up and down the weights and he's not had that defining win. Yeah. You know, um Usyk beat Breedis and he beat Gassiev. Yeah. And these guys are probably going to have great careers. Those wins will probably age really well. Yeah. And Usyk's going into the heavyweight division now and that gives him the edge over Lemachenko for me. Um Crawford Crawford's kind of um, smothered his own work and he'll go down that list if you ask me in six months because he's of top rank he's not going to fight Spence he, he, but I don't know if he'll fight Pacquiao I don't know if that fight's going to happen for him so he won't yeah. have that fight that will really define him Yeah, but he may have been he's going to top that three, three weights now because he beat Jeff Horn yeah so yeah, yeah he's won about three weights but yeah. so he's probably second but I reckon it's going to go down quickly yeah. Um, yeah, I said my reasons for Yusik about Lomachenko and in a way just He's not done enough yet. He's done loads. It's just that yeah. he's just uh, long, he's just among the hardcore, really. Yeah, he's yeah, not yeah. crossed over. It's not his fault. Yeah, but I think I think those five it is those five. Yeah. Like everyone else is like they're they're around like Spence and Golovkin and yeah. Pacquiao and 
you know, Estrada. And they're good fighters, but those five are the top five in the world. And yeah. you have them in order you like, and I'm not going to argue with you about it, really. They're all brilliant, elite fighters. Um, and we're just looking, we're really lucky to have them. I just, I just think Canelo's been at the top for so long. Yeah. Really. But I think the horse meat thing probably pushes him down a lot of lists. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like you said, it, it has put an asterisk against his name, really, because he it's it's there. It happened. Yeah. You're, you took a ban. You're a convicted drug cheat. Those, those are the facts. It's just the way it is. Yeah. And that's how he's been cutting the weight. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's just a shame. It's just a shame because he is a brilliant fighter. Exactly. Um, so, yeah. I think that'll do. Yep, definitely. That'll do. <laughs> <laughs> All right, nice one, too. Okay. Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.